Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Millennials Podcast. It is 10.34 a.m. on October 20th, so thanks for listening, or if you're new, hello there. Uh, I'm your host, Rochelle Ham, creator of marriagemillennials.com, a blog that discusses God's design for family, teaches women to honor Christ before marriage, and prepares younger women for family. Now, to put things in my real time, the blog is in the strategically single phase. Uh, What this means is that I do not address specific issues about marriage at this time because, of course, I'm not married. Instead, my current focus is teaching women to honor Christ before a man and preparing them for a family that is a current, if that is a current desire they have. Now, before we get started, I always want to tell you where you can keep the conversation going with me at the end of this podcast, as well as some housekeeping for the site. Um, this will be posted on the site, marriagefromillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post. Or you can also visit the Facebook page, backslash MF Millennials. Uh, my Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Ham. That's going to be R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E. H-A-M. So feel free to follow and talk with me there as well. Um, Also, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast. Uh, Just type Marriage Millennials in the iTunes search bar and it will pop up. Um, Last thing, or it used to be the last thing, but it's kind of the second to last thing now. Um, If you've been following or even if you haven't, I've created the Dating Detox, which is my first crash course that teaches you to ditch the dating game and create your single strategy. So feel free to head to the site and check that out. Um, I want to always thank the people who have already downloaded it. Um, I've been getting a lot of feedback on it. Um, Give me some more. Let me know what you liked or even what you didn't like. Um, Again, it's free and it's for anyone from the single and content to the many of you that may be desiring a guy relationship so um, go cop that um, I guess the last thing I would say is that I'm working on something um, a treat for you um, may come out in December or early January so look forward to that stay tuned I'm really excited about it and um, I hope you love it when you see it um, alrighty guys let's jump in so yes it's the morning time I have just kind of woken up um, got myself freshened up together. My hair looks messed. I look crazy. If you saw me right now, you would literally be like, get yourself together. So good morning. <laughs> um, but God is good. Um, so yeah, yesterday was October 19th, right? Meaning my birthday is in nine weeks. Um, I don't know why, but I've just been feeling really like nostalgic I don't know like I've just been reflecting so much um so I'm sorry I keep bringing up my birthday but honestly it's providing great content for the podcast so I ain't even mad so yes nine weeks is my was when my birthday is going to be coming so that means nine more podcasts before I turn 25 now with that being said I want to start off by saying the year 24 was awesome (laughs) like really really awesome you know from the start of January it was awesome not because everything went perfect believe me it wasn't I'll probably share that in some podcasts to come but awesome because this was a year that I finally figured out who I was and not only that but the year that I really didn't care what anyone thought about it you know what I mean in hindsight even the extremely horrible things that happened to me this year were awesome because I figured out who I was. Um, Of course, you know, as I grow, I'm sure some things will change. But this year, the year 24, um, which I was kind of strategic about, I was intentional about it. But this year, I basically laid the foundation. You know, I I got myself together, girl. You know what I mean? (laughs) So 
in the nine podcasts to come, including this one, um, I want to kind of pay homage or I guess kind of say goodbye to the year 24. Um, This year I reflected more than I ever have and I narrowed down those thoughts to nine major raw and uncensored things. Um, Some of these things I've overcome. Some of these things are things I'm honestly still going through. Um, In the end, all of these things are things that I'd love to get off of my chest as kind of a final farewell. And all of these are thoughts that I think a lot of people in the body of Christ are having, but no one's addressing it. Like everyone's kind of being really secretive about it. So with that being said, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Before I talk about the start of this year in regards to the year 24, I want to talk about a couple years ago, um, up until the end of last year. Now, if you read the title of this podcast and you know that this is about conflict, I'm specifically conflict in the body of Christ. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only person that has experienced Christian conflict. You more than likely have too. Um, You may have been on the receiving end of conflict, or you may have even been on the, um, I guess, giving side of conflict, and you may not have known it. Um, That is a factor as well. Um, I mean, there are people who even leave the body of Christ because of wrongfully handled conflict. Now, you know, it's one thing to disagree with non-believers because, you know, in a sense, they don't really know any better. And, and what I mean by that is they don't answer to a God or specifically to a Bible that tells them how to conduct themselves, um, both pre-conflict and post-conflict. You know, on the flip side, though, having conflict with someone in the body of Christ is tough. And it's honestly a whole it's like a completely different battle within itself. You know, it's really tough because, you know, this person is posting about God on Facebook. They're going to church and, you know, they're possibly reading their word just like you. Um, but in some way, they still manage to skip over the parts of the Bible where it basically tells you not to be a horrible person. <laughs> you know, like they're a Christian, but they skipped over that part. So it's frustrating. Um they know better. So it's not only tough, it's, it's, it's sickening. It's disgusting almost. And it hurts you even more. Um, so yeah, let me tell you a story, something I faced a couple years ago. This is before Sam and I met, um, uh, leading up to meeting Sam. So around September, October-ish, I want to say maybe even November, I'm not really sure of the exact time, in 2013, um, I connected with a friend that would become my mentor until this day. Um, If you're listening to this, uh, he knows who he is, and um, thanks for listening, and I love you. Okay, so yes, at the time, I was having some serious issues at home, and you know, I went out one night with that friend, and he took me to his friend's apartment to cheer me up. Um, I had just finished kind of, you know, bawling my eyes out in his car, telling him the things I was going through in my life. He was giving me advice and we just started to bond um, from that moment on. So yeah, at this time in my life, you know, I was pretty broken. Uh, I was having argument after argument in my home. Um, I was entertaining a bunch of dead end guys. Um, I didn't feel fulfilled in my career and I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, like I was just like every other millennial after they finished college blank. (laughs) You know what I mean? I didn't know much. Um, I didn't know where I was going. I had a bunch of ideas and I couldn't figure out how to, you know, properly put them out in my eyes so I can see what steps I needed to take. But all I knew is that this guy had become a mentor to me and his group of friends could maybe be an extension of that for me. 
I was really looking to improve my life. And based on what you know, my mentor described, I was so excited to meet these new group of people, these new, you know, intellectual people he described, these new Christians, etc., etc. So, um, you know, we knock on the door of his friend's apartment and his friend's fiance at the time, she opens the door. Um, I greet her as I would do everyone whose home I walk into because, you know, my mama raised me with manners. And, you know, as soon as I did that, I immediately followed um, the friend I came with and met his other group of friends. Um, I didn't really think anything of, you know, sitting down and talking to her. Um, not because I meant to be rude, but just because I was shy. I didn't know anyone, so I just clinged on to who I came with. You know, nothing more, nothing less. Didn't really think anything of it. That was also the night I met Sam for the first time. So a couple weeks went by, and, you know, I kept hanging out with my mentor and Sam. Um, they were... Um, at the point in their friendship where they were really close. So just by, I guess, habit of hanging around with my mentor, I ended up hanging out with Sam a lot. Um, So Sam ends up having a get-together at his place, and he invites some of those friends I met that night, um, as well as another female um, that I had never met. So long story short, the get-together was great until the end. Didn't really go so well at the end, and that was the start, in my opinion, of a horrible two years of dealing with that group of people, um, which was completely not what I expected. You know, like, I, I, I went into such with such good hopes, and it was just kind of wrecked, right? So fast forward, Sam and I, we start hanging out more. Sam and I start dating. Um, and, you know, I inquired to Sam about getting closer with the fiance that I had mentioned earlier, um, the one that opened the door. Reason being because he was really close, if not best friends at the time, with her fiance. And I just thought it would be great, you know, as women, if we could kind of get along, interact with each other, and create a friendship, right? From what I saw, I didn't dislike her. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't really know anything. I didn't know if I liked her, but I, know, I knew I didn't dislike her so I was open to the idea of getting to know her more right so Sam and I were discussing he said okay I'm gonna talk to her right so he talks to her he comes back and he tells me that she tells him that you know I wasn't feminine enough right that you know I seemed like I only wanted to be friends with the with the other guys there you know what I mean now from my perspective, you know, I thought I did okay. You know, I greeted her when I walked into the door. I didn't realize it was a big deal. But I guess, you know, to my surprise, that wasn't enough because I didn't sit down and, you know, ask her about her whole life story. You know what I mean? So from that point, things kind of, that was the second thing that kind of made things rocky with that group of people. Violation number one, assumption. Don't we do this as Christians? You know, we see someone and we wrongfully size them up. At the end of the day, you know, that's assumption. You know, she assumed and she failed to give me the benefit of the doubt like the Bible told us to do. Um, especially when she didn't know I was in the lowest point of my life. And, you know, to this day, you know, part of me, you know, kind of believes that there's a really thin line between, you know, my femininity or lack thereof and her narcissism. But that's neither here nor there. But the bottom line is, you know, if you don't know what people are going through and you're not going to put in the work to try to get to know, then you shouldn't have an opinion on who they may or may not be. I think we can all agree on that. Now, while what I'm sharing with you is just the introduction, it's a pretty good representation of the duration of our associateship. Um, A bunch of assumptions 
I felt like I was walking on eggshells the whole time. I felt like I was always being slighted and I never felt like she was being honest. Like you ever talk to someone and you just feel like they're lying? Like they like, okay girl, you lie. Like you know you know what I mean? Um but I just couldn't trust her and I never thought that she had my best interest at heart. Like there were some times where we would try to, okay, let's do this over. Let's try this over. And then I would kind of give it a clear slate, but then she would do something and I'd be like, yeah, this girl is not for me. Like she doesn't care about me. She doesn't have my best interest at heart. So while I could go into detail, I'm not going to do that just for the sake of being um, polite. Um, but to sort of end this story, my birthday last year had people there that I had been friends with for, you know, 20 years and haven't seen them for a while or we're just closer to, and even friends that I was reconnecting with um, from high school. Um, one of my friends was there, and I haven't, hadn't really been hanging out with her for, for years. We both kind of separated um, after college and went our separate ways, but we, re- we rekindled our friendship, so she came. So, you know, as a result, I was super happy to see my friends. I'm like, yes, you know, oh my God, I can't believe you're here. I'm literally just all over them, just loving on them. Like, that's what I do with my friends. Like, that's that's the type of friends I am. I'm just like, take me home with you. You know, like, that. that's how I am. So after my birthday party, you know, I get a text from this girl, the girl who said I wasn't feminine enough. Asking me, you know, if I had an issue with her or her group of friends because I talked to my friends of 20 years and my reconnecting friends more than I talked to them last night. Mind you, I see them every week, weekend or every other weekend. So I didn't really feel like I needed to, you know, fully engage my attention to to this group of people. I had another group of people at my birthday party that I hadn't seen. So naturally in my head I was just giving them more attention because I was happier to see them and because I'm just not around them as much but literally it was like the most trivial minuscule things right sometimes Christians hurt each other with very small things that cause a very large division in friendships and more importantly in the body of Christ now so many other things occurred during this time of two years but after that incident where she you know the text I got I think we both kind of have just had enough you know I was tired of walking on eggshells and to be fair she probably was too you know I know I'm a person where if I can't trust you then I'm gonna slow down I can I'm gonna shut down I can either be I can be very black and white at times where it's like you're either my friend or you're not like there's no gray area we don't need to have 50 million discussions we're not friends save it like you know and it's no and it's no love lost no bad blood don't have anything against you but I'm just not interested you know what I mean so after that she asked me if you know she could call me um and I got off work late so I missed the call um I called her back she declined it and then she sent me a text that basically said you know um Let's be cordial, fake cordial, really. Um, months before then, um, what I did was I muted her on all, of, on all of my social media accounts because I was asking God to help me. And um, the fact that I got offended so easily, I was wondering, okay, like maybe this is something here that I'm doing wrong. Maybe I'm getting wrongfully offended. Um, I didn't want to get offended by anything she posted, whether it was direct to me or not. So I just muted her. Um, so later, I guess months after we decided to be cordial, I guess I found out, I found out that she unfriended me as well. Um, I didn't see it because I had muted her from months before. Um, I guess she was upset and that's fine. So, but with the unfriend of her came the unfriend of everyone else. Um, like people who, if you asked them, they couldn't even tell you why they stopped talking to me. You know what I mean? Um, I guess kind of 
by association type stuff. Um, and to a certain extent, I understand because, you know, there are a lot of politics when it comes to friendships. But um, nevertheless, you know, no one asked to hear my side and no one really cared to see how I was holding up. This is not how the Bible tells us to act as Christians, you know, as people in the body of Christ. Now, with that being said, I'm no victim and I'm no saint in this. Um, I used to be like, you know, if you throw shade, I'm going to throw the whole tree at you. Like, like I literally, okay, when you wanted to disrespect me, you disrespected me on two. Now, when I want to disrespect you, I'm going to disrespect you on 10. And you should be okay with that because you're okay with what you did. Um, if you couldn't stand the heat, you shouldn't have came in this kitchen. That's how I, that's literally how I would think. Wrongful thinking, but just being honest and transparent here with you guys, that's how I thought. So I would be lying if I said that I handled everything the right way. I didn't. Um, nevertheless, nevertheless, at that point, though, I was done. You know, I just remember getting so angry. You know, angry that she handled things cowardly. You know, angry that... She never tried. And when she did try, and even when I tried, it was literally the bare minimum. The bare minimum. We didn't try at all. I was angry that no one ever spoke up on my behalf. You know, I was angry that I could have conversations with Sam where he could tell me, you know, where she went wrong, but he wouldn't tell her. I, that, that, that angered me. And that caused anger between Sam and I to each other. Um, and I was more than anything, I was angry because my personality, again, wasn't good enough to make something work. So I was even mad at myself. I was just angry. Um, so I decided to take a break from the group. Um, not forever, but just until I was ready to come back. Um, I still haven't come back, <laughs> but um, that's what I did. I just didn't like the way that they were portraying themselves as proclaimed Christians. You know, like it's one thing after the other, you know, like... If one of your homies wasn't trying to take your girl in college and the girls were being catty and they were being everything but tied to women. And I'm just kind of like, why would I want to be around the circle of people? In the meantime, though, you know, publicly, you know, I said I didn't care. I said I forgave them. But behind closed doors, Sam and I would argue about the situation of, of events to the point where it was coming between our relationship. Um, there was even one time where we had to have a sit down with my mom because this girl literally was getting in the relationship of Sam and I. So fast forward, months go by, months go by. I'm doing my own thing. They're doing their own thing. One of them ends up getting married. They invite Sam and I to come. Sam asked me if I could please come, and I did. Um, this was, you know, one of the mutual friends that stopped talking to me but I didn't really have a problem with her so I didn't mind supporting I thought I was okay you know I thought I was ready I thought I was ready to be in front of them again I thought I was ready to at least be able to sit down and have conversation when I got there you know most of these former friends they didn't speak to me um one of the girls kind of asked me like where I was hiding like where have you been you know like, like she didn't know why I wasn't around anymore um, and the girl I cut ties with, she gave me like a politically correct hello, which was the start of politically correct advice to her home. Like every time they would do something, they would always like um, invite me and I could have been wrong, but like every time they did that, I felt like they were tormenting me. <laughs> like, like, like every time she would touch me or even speak to me, like I would literally want to yell at her while vomiting. Like that, they literally made me that sick to my stomach. So 
at this point, you know, I realized that I was being destructive, literally um, in my relationship, um, just in my mental state, um, and just with my peace. Like, I was being destructive. I lied. I was lying. Um, I lied when I said I forgave them. You know, everyone I talked to was just kind of acting like, you know, regardless of what happened, this is what God wants you to do. So you need to do it. And forgiveness is so easy. And, oh, you should just do it because God requires you to do it. And while I did understand that and while I do stand for that today, at that point, I was feeling like I couldn't relate to those Christians because I hated her. Like, just being honest, you know, as Christians, we don't like to use that word, but putting with putting no embellishment on that word I truly hated her like hate I I hated her my heart did was is was so cold towards her I I I hated her but as Christians don't we do that though you know, now it's time for your, ver- your, uh, your verbal butt whooping, right? <laughs> As Christians, don't we do that though? You know, when people hurt us, we know that, you know, we should forgive and reconcile and we tell others to do just that. But, uh, but the reality is we still harbor hatred in our hearts or we still want justice, We know God is the ultimate judge, but we still want our own justice as, as if we're God too, right? I'll even take it a step further. We know that if Jesus can forgive us, then that must mean that he he can also forgive the people who hurt us. But still, we want our own justice. And that was such a hard one for me, like to understand that God forgives even the people that hurt you. And I was just kind of like, you know, appreciate you, God, like you cool and all. But I have my own pizza hell that I want to give this person. Just being honest. That's exactly what I was doing. You know, trying to get justice as if they don't have God to answer to already. You know, wondering why they didn't have the Christian conviction that I did. Like that was any of my business. One of the things Sam would tell me all the time was, you know, like, stop expecting people that aren't as spiritually mature as you to be as spiritually mature as you. But it just didn't seem fair. It wasn't fair that I had to answer the God's call for me all the time, but they didn't have to answer to him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just couldn't. I, it didn't register to me. Like, it, I, I was just kind of like, no, they need to know. Kind of like how Sam was when he was younger. I'm pretty sure that's one of the reasons why we're together. Whatever. But then I had to ask myself, you know, what is fair anyway? On a Christian basis, like, what is fair? You know what fair is? Fair is hell for me. Fair is hell for all the sins that I commit against God. You know, I always tell people I have the privilege of being a flawed human being. A privilege. Because no matter how perfect we like to act as Christians, if we weren't flawed, there would be no need for a savior. Nothing is truly fair. And I shouldn't be expecting anything. So at the end of the day, I was lying and I was wrong. I didn't truly forgive. And although I had mixed emotions, I felt bad, you know, almost to tears. How can I, it just weighed so heavy on my heart. Like, how can I tell a bunch of women, even you listening to this right now, how can I tell a bunch of women to be godly women while lying about forgiveness, while literally hating someone, not fabricating that word, literally hating that person? Um, Why didn't I take the, the opportunity to set the example as a Christian? even when others weren't doing the same? Why did I let my actions get so catty? And why did I let how people treated me affect the way I treated them? It took some time, you know, but I'm in such a better place. I learned where I went wrong and um, how I can do better with the friends that I have now. 
So with that being said, um, I want to give you guys four tips to Christians in conflict with one another and how to make the best of it. Not to say that conflict is never going to happen. Not to say that you're going to be able to resolve every conflict you come in, you come into with another Christian. But here's how to make the best of it. One, don't assume. Not only because you're making a fool of both parties, but because it causes unnecessary feelings and issues between two people that shouldn't occur. Um, not only that, but the Bible tells us to see the good in one another, to give others the benefit of the doubt. Um, also, Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Your opinion is not always going to be fact. A wise person is interested in understanding someone so that they have accurate facts instead of assuming. One of the things that Sam taught me is that if it isn't said to you directly, no matter no matter if you have 99%, not matter if you're 99% sure that this is directed to me, if it isn't said to you directly, then you should just consider unsaid. To the one, it decreases the chances of conflict, but two, you make sure that you're in good graces with God. Two, just be honest. One of the things I think our society has become is too emotional, um, which is a little hypocritical for me to say because I can be sensitive. Um, but what I mean by that is that if you have a problem with someone and they ask you, you should be able to say yes and not be afraid to and not be afraid to address the conflict in a healthy way. Um, it doesn't mean you hate them. Doesn't mean they hate you. Sometimes, though, it's easier to assume and run with our opinion than to simply be honest. Sometimes it's easier to run with a clique of people that can throw shade with you um, and have your back on assumption instead of doing the work and doing the godly thing and staying away from slander and drama like Titus 2 tells you to do. But just being honest will take you a lot further in things. Just be honest so that you can get to a resolution. Three. Count the cost and be Christ-minded. Um, when in conflict, count the cost. Like, is what we're arguing about really that serious? Um, that's one of the things, I guess, if I could have changed my actions in that situation, I would have literally just been like, girl, I don't even care. Like, like because in the grand scheme of things, like, the things that we disagreed on were so stupid. And usually in the body of Christ, it is. Actually, it always is because what's important here is unity in the body of Christ and winning souls. Not the fact that you wrote something on Facebook or I wrote something on Facebook and you're mad about it. Like that's child's play. Um, most conflicts in the body of Christ are, are small when you think about the bigger picture of Christ. But yeah, is it really that serious? What damage will be done as a result to our conflict? Does this drama stop with me or does it extend to other friends and significant others? You know what I mean? Unity is something that Jesus and Paul both spoke about in the Bible constantly. So you have to ask yourself, like, is your anger or frustration stopping that unity? I read an art article from patheos.com that said, how might our conflict with others be different if we seriously took the humility of Jesus? How might we react to those who wrong us if we were to reflect upon the self-giving love of Jesus Christ? Um, the beginning of Philippians 2 suggests that our relationships with others, including and especially when we're experiencing differences and agreements with them, would be radically different. So yeah, in the event that reconciliation is not an option, Understand that it's okay. 
Find people who treat you better because they exist. They are out there. Um, that was one of the things that Sam and I did this year. Um, we weren't just sitting on our butts just kind of being mad at the world that things had ended. Um, we got the amazing chance to f- find new friendships that, um, that just edified God, you know? Um, even if small disagreements occurred in those groups, though, the way that they handled it was literally night and day. It wasn't catty. It wasn't drama-filled. It was just like, okay, there's a disagreement here, but how do I, how do we handle this as my brother and sister in Christ? And it just kind of showed Sam and I what happens when we hang around true Christians. So I guess I would say find people that can do that for you. Find people that can, um, that you can be friends with, but they can bring, even when conflict arrives, they know how to handle it in a Christian way, especially if you may be weak in that area and you may not know how. Four, remember what love is. Love is patient and kind. So if love is patient and kind, that means you need to be patient and kind with your you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, because we're supposed to love one another. Love is not jealous or boastful or powerful or rude. Um, love does not demand its own way. That's another thing that we need to learn as well. Um, sometimes you just kind of got to just like, just end it. Like, you know, it's kind of like if Sam and I have an argument and I know I feel like I'm right and he feels like he's right. At the end of the day, it's just kind of like, is this enough to make me leave you? And if it's not, then why are we arguing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you just can't get your own way. Just agree or disagree. Come to it later and move on. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. I repeat, love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. Just let it go. This was one of the things I guess I would say to myself because I never did that. I never let it go. Um, it was hard for me to do that. Um, so that's another thing the Bible requires us to do. Um, there were times when Sam called me out on that too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, love is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And that's not only when you're happy with those around you. It also applies to those people when you can't stand them. So ask yourself, are you, you know, Exhibiting those qualities of love. Our last thing I'll leave you with is Luke 31 to 33. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. That's a deep one. (laughs) Like, What good are you if you can only hang out with the people who agree with you and, um, you know, and say yes to everything that you do? Even sinners do that. Big what? Jesus is super challenging. He stays coming from my life and I'm okay with that. So, yeah, I'll leave you with that to sit on until next week, guys. Well. That's all I have for you guys today. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember, guys, this will be posted on the site, marriagefromillennials.com. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment below on that post. Uh, visit the Facebook page, backslash MFMillennials. Um, my Twitter and IG handle is Rochelle Ham, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-H-A-M. I'll be honest, at this time, I'm kind of taking a break from social media. Um, I've been taking a break for, I want to say, about a week now. And I probably will be taking that break until my birthday. Um, so, um, 
I may or may not interact with you, but um, feel free to follow me there and talk with me there. Um, also, again, the podcast is on iTunes, so subscribe so that you won't miss a podcast. Um, just type Marriage for Millennials in the search bar and it will pop up. Um, I hope that you have a great rest of the week. And you know, remember to look for a second thing to be grateful for, the first thing being that you're alive. Um, love you, ladies and friends, gentlemen, all of you guys who continue to support the podcast by listening. I check the views. I see the support that's there. So thank you um, and take care. Bye. Hey guys, Rochelle here. Just coming to you with a PSA, a public service announcement. The music that you hear on this podcast are by two Christian artists that I thought were not only great for the podcast, but great in general. The first one is Myron Butler and Levi, Set Me Free. That's my jam. And the one you're listening to right now is by KB. It's called Drowning. Uh, Listen to the lyrics, love the songs like I do. And if you love it enough, purchase them. Support your fellow Christian artists. Alrighty, guys, take care. I know I ain't happy, I know. Never found joy, I can only find distractions. I'm trying to kick it, catch me, I'm falling.